Can we get the dog out of here? Come on, Jess. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You can wait for half an hour, dog. It won't take us too long. Yeah, you go in first. Because if I go in first, she'll follow. She won't follow me. You stay right here and good girl. Good girl. Go on up and go to bed. No, go on up and go to bed. So let's start with the asshole dog. You know what? I didn't, I was like, all right, this dog is barking an awful lot, but I can, whatever, dogs bark. I mean, it's excessive, but uh, I don't know. I guess it's that dumb thing of like, like I was here during the day. So, you know, I'd let the dog out to pee or whatever. And it seemed the dog would stop barking around me. It seemed like I had some kind of uh, small uh, understanding with the dog, but that's my own fault for thinking that such a thing could happen. Because then yesterday going past your room, this dog like bit me in the ankle what an asshole <laughs> yeah and then i yeah, was like she's got issues and i was kind of exhausted and not not at my very best but i just was like like i felt like i had to say fuck you dog like as though the dog can understand but i had to get it out like what a dick i'm not on your side anymore dog yeah this dog though it really is it's too much because it is these little things that i forget when i'm not here of uh like if someone comes to a door or if someone's even approaching a door and the dogs start to bark, like that's almost handy. It's like a little doorbell. But that dog, it's times 10. It's like if anybody, maybe it's someone walking by in front of the house and maybe it's nobody. So it's not even useful as a gauge of if someone's at the door because it's just nothing. No, she's a psycho dog. She's a, we, we never would have gotten her if we had known the kind of temperament that she had. But we're, we've got her now, so we're stuck with her. I also heard, because, uh, I mean, you told me about this dog on a previous episode of this podcast, but I just presumed, I was filling in some blanks, because, you know, you guys have the law office, people are coming through all the time. I just assumed it was someone came through with a tale of woe about their dog, but then I got no. the story from Dad that, yeah, you went out of your way, well out of your way, to get this crazy dog. I went out of my way? That's what I heard, yeah, that you were looking up dogs to keep the other dog company yeah, and no. then drove out to St. George or something no, to get this no, crazy no, dog? It, I'm, I'm not saying I wasn't looking for the dog, but it was Neil looking for the dog. Mm. He felt that little Jimmy, who was our little poodle that is so connected with Neil, that Jimmy was lonely and needed to have another dog. So we talked about it and we agreed, well, maybe we would get a second backup dog. But... He went online too, and I went online, and we were we were both looking for a dog. Yes. But hey, it's not all me. So everyone is culpable in this, I Everybody. guess. Everybody, yeah. I guess on the plus side is because you didn't get a brand new dog. You know, I assume both these dogs are approximately the same age. No, Jim's four and she's eight. Oh she's well, that's even better though. Like the point is, you won't be, you know, just the the cycle of life, the kuna matata that uh, you know, this dog isn't. It's not like. Like the poodle will die and then you'll be stuck with the crazy dog for a whole other generation or whatever. Listen, the crazy dog is not so bad. And considering that your father blames it all on me for us getting her, he's the one who every morning takes them out, sometimes two or three times a day. Um, he's been more attentive to this dog than he ever was to any of the other dogs we ever had. Hmm. But and there's no question, she's a little... She's she's like high strung and a little crazy. Dog bullying, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I just I just can't I just can't deal with uh, loud noises and stuff. I just can't at all. Even just being well, on this street. It wouldn't have mattered. Uh, the loud noises. If we had gotten any kind of a small dog, they they're very very yappy. Right. All of them. Doesn't matter who they are, who owns them, or what kind of temperament they've got. They're all yappy. 
And, you know, remember the last time you were here and we had Chica? Well, hey, you were finding her yappy, and she's got that, she had that great big deep growl voice. Right. No, I mean, I do find this new dog, hands down, more annoying than any other dog <laughs> by, by 10 times. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, you know, she was very high strung. She was a very spoiled dog by the people I think that owned her before. Uh, she's got a Jack Russell temperament, which is bad. But we had already committed to taking her by the time I found that out. But they're, they're like that. They're, they're like kind of, they got this vicious nature. They were bred for ratting. Right. They're, they're bred to kill. So that's, yeah. what, that's what we got. Yeah, because there's nothing, there's, there's nothing you can do about it or whatever. It's just, but anyway. Well, you know. now now there's, I don't know, we, we've got to keep her because I can't think of anybody else I could ever give her to. Yeah, no, clearly. Yeah, she's, you know, somebody, I wouldn't want anybody to hurt her. And no question, she can be kind of crazy. I can see somebody wanting to, like, just hit her. I absolutely wanted to kick that dog several times. <laughs> I've never kicked a dog in my life. But, yeah. you know, if I thought it would help, I would kick that dog. But that's the problem. It wouldn't make any difference. You'd just be kicking a dog and nothing would change. <laughs> well, uh, I was uh, telling a lot of people about this This breed. is They're different. When you read about them, they say that they're they're very intelligent. And they always play this game with the human race, like, I'm smarter than you. I'm going to outsmart you. You think you're the boss, but you're not. I am. And I see that in that dog. And uh, I don't think I told you this one, but I told a number of people. I was watching a dog show just a couple of weeks ago. Did I tell you about the the, the Jack Russells that were running in a race? Maybe, but tell me yeah, again. I don't think so. Because uh, I hear I'd watched, I'd watched these beautiful dogs like German Shepherds and Border Collies run the gamut, uh, running through all these big tubes and over fences and under things and on teeter-totters and jumping and everything. And they were all so good-natured and with each other. And so then they showed the Jack Russells. Well, here's this row of Jack Russells all in a cage, all in their own individual little cages. And they've got to run down a field that is probably, oh, I don't know, three or 400 feet. And at the end of it is this great big wide, um, like it's a fenced off area, but it's really high. And in it is a little small door. And what they have to do is when they're let out of the cages is chase down the field after this. It's a tail off a donkey or a something or other. And it's a mechanical thing flies down the field and takes that tail with it. And they're chasing the tail. And they've got to get, the first one's got to get in that little, that little gate. And he's the winner. So here they open up the gates and they all come out. Well, the first thing you notice about them is they've all got these great big baskets on their faces, uh, the muzzles, not these small little muzzles that'll just shut their mouths, great big baskets on their face. So they go flying down the field. This one, this one that's way ahead of the other, she's, oh, geez, he's going to be the winner. He gets to the door, and instead of going in the door and being the winner, he blocks the door. He turned completely sideways, blocked the door, so nobody could get in. The second one comes up, butts him on the side, like, I'm getting in there. No, you're not. They have a great big fight in the field. They're rolling around and snarling and snapping, and meanwhile, the one that gets in is number three. He's the winner. So they disqualified number one. His, his, his owner must have been so pissed off, thinking, Jesus, like, there he is. He's the smartest one. He's the sharpest. He's going to get there, number one. Nope. Blocks the gate. 
That is funny Nobody though. Get in. See, that's that aggression. It's like I'm the boss dog, and more. Not only am I the boss dog, I'm going to prevent all the rest of you from being the boss dog. Oh, hey, let's have a great big fight. Here they are rolling around in the field having a fight. Yeah, I'd argue that in a way, like that's that's more intelligent, right? You're not just running through the dumb little hole that someone yeah. wants you to run through. It's I'm, like, I'm, I'm preventing everybody else from doing it too. And that, when you read about the temperament of Jack Russell dogs, they're one person dogs. They have to be really disciplined all the time. Uh, because if not, they'll try to say, hey, you're not the boss anymore. It's me. I'm the boss. I mean, and when you saw these big baskets that they were wearing on their little faces, it's like, obviously, every blessed one of those guys is a danger to the other guys. Like, they'll just rip the heart right out of them. And that's what another thing I read about them. If you have two Jack Russell pops and you're bringing them up together, if you're not really, really strict with them and showing that you're the boss, they might end up killing one another because th- there's such a, an aggression among them. This dog of ours has got that same aggression. Yeah, so I mean, I guess if I, thank God I'm not, but if I were around here more, I'd have to read up about what makes someone seem like the alpha. Probably just kicking a dog is not going to do it. But yeah, I don't know, I'd be, I'd be in for it. I'd just be like... Yeah, she's like, very good with me. Um, but, but she's nipped me once or twice and she's the kind of dog that I don't pet her unless she wants me to pet her. Like tonight when I came home and she was so excited to see me and jumped up on the bed and, you know, and and I could pet her. But at any time she just might give the growl that says, no, that's enough. I don't want any more. She's not like most dogs, which they want to accommodate the human race and they'll come over and they'll suck around, they'll lay on you and they're just so friendly. And these dogs are not, they're quite different. So that's a story on her. It's funny too, just the blocking the door. That makes me think of, uh, there's this one video game called Dark Souls where like other people can invade your, you're playing and they like invade your game to fight you and whatever. But that's the thing some people do is they just put on big armor and have a big shield and go stand in a near, in a narrow walkway and they just block you just to be assholes. And it's like, it's funny. This is like, they call it griefing because you're, you know, causing grief to another person. So it's like Jack Russell Terriers are the griefers of dogs and see they undoubtedly trained these dogs that were in this i mean this is the high champion type dog stuff going on here so their owners had trained them to go get down that field get in that door but at the last minute buddy said hey you know what i'm number one and none of you are getting in the door yeah that's the mistake they taught him that the door was important (laughs) (laughs) then he took it from there so but anyway, uh, you know, and she's she's too old now for us to really have any much influence on her. She's eight years old, so she's going to call the shots. She's she's not too bad though. I find she's changed, she's changed a lot in the six months that we've had her. Very aggressive around food, and you can't show any fear when you're around. And, and that's one of the problems Neil has with them. He uh, when I feed them, I feed them out of my hand. And I make them eat it out of my head. They never bite me, but they've bitten him a couple of times. So he just stands and throws the food out. Well, <laughs> you know, that's no good. That that doesn't teach her any kind of training at all. Right. But that just, he's, no, I'm not going to feed her out of my hand because she's bit me. Well, and I know she has. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really blame him. I mean, I can see how, yeah, it maybe isn't the best technique, but I could see doing that. But I make her sit very calmly, and I say, no, you got to sit. And then I always give a piece to Jimmy and a piece to her, a piece to Jimmy, a piece to her in that well, Have you seen two? I mean, I'm sure you have. But the most ludicrous thing at this tiny dog is when you come to the door, it leaps 
like fucking 20 times its own height just to see out the window of who's at the door. That's Maybe a, 10 times its own height. That's one but of it's, the traits because not only most dogs will jump straight up. They don't. They jump like, you know, they curl themselves up, which gives them that height. That's that's a trait. I don't know why it was developed that way, but. It would be interesting to see it in like slow motion because it's ridiculous. It's like, how? <laughs> I know. It's it's a very strange thing to see because you, you do expect a dog to either not jump at all or go straight up at an angle. No, nope, they're 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 in a ball, and that that's something that's not just her that does it. They all do it. There we go, dogs. Back home with the dogs. Yeah, and then uh, I don't know. I was sleeping in this room, or I tried to, but this couch is really just too small. Mostly because uh, the other room with the better couch is, uh, I guess that's just the room where Mark goes to smoke, and watch TV, and it smells gross. <laughs> so I tried not to sleep in there, but I had to I had to go back to it because. Well, there's always a big bed upstairs. Yeah, but I can't go anywhere near that place. It's crazy. Yeah, just the dogs. Too much. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I always say when we do these long distance, like, oh, we should do a short one, and we never do. But I think we really will do, even though this is, uh, you know, in person, much better sound quality than usual episode. But, uh, yeah, since I'm getting on the plane tomorrow, and I'm feeling a little wiped, but I just thought it'd be nice to get a little, a little podcast while we're in person. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess the big event was this big family reunion thing. Yeah. What would you think of that? It was interesting. Yeah. Because I haven't seen. uh, Well, I was talking to my cousin JD. And then is Carson his cousin? How does that work? Carson. Are they not related? They are just related through marriage because uh, JD is a cousin of uh, Colleen, who is your cousin also. And she is married to Carson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I was talking to them and. uh, and yeah, we kind of determined, like, I was like, when was the last time I was around and saw you guys? And it was like 1995, so 21 years. Yeah, I think you were down there visiting one time. Speak of the devil. Speak of the devil. There's a brother and some barking. He's just not my type of dog. He's just not terrier. Terriers are my very favorite breed. They're cute and cuddly, easy dogs to feed. They'll help bring you up whenever you are down. Terriers average 20 pounds. When I walk around in this terrier town, one thing that makes me down is when all right so we just had a little uh little break due to dog barking probably will still be some dog barking um yeah so we'll just kind of finish this up it's meant to be long and uh, a little out of it anyway i really did think like i would have all this time like oh, i got a week in toronto a week home a week back in toronto 
excuse me, all this time to do all kinds of stuff. But yeah, there's really no time, <laughs> even yeah. just to. And the older they get you, the old the lo- older you get, the shorter time is. Yeah, and just I mean, there's like tons of people in Toronto that I didn't see, and I'm not gonna see. Like yeah, just just goes by. No, no time. Um, which speaking of, yeah, so it had been 21 years or so since I'd seen a bunch of these relatives of mine and, uh, yeah, it was neat to see everybody. It was like a, a little bit of a, oh yeah, I don't know, stressful is the right word, but just like weird. Like the night before I just couldn't sleep and I'm like, this is just, what the hell do you say to somebody after 21 years? Like, <laughs> you know, like the only reason I even made it back for this thing was just that it happened at timeout that I was already going to be in Toronto. So it's easy enough to come here. But in the end, yeah, it was cool. I'm glad I went. It was just nice to see people. Sometimes, you know, if you if you had a good rapport with people, doesn't matter how much time goes by. Yeah, it's almost like you picked up like you just saw them yesterday or the day before. And if you think, oh, it's been twenty one years since I've seen the person, then then it becomes kind of weird because you're thinking, how can it be that it's like all these years have gone by, but it's like we just saw we just saw each other. Yeah, I think the weirdest case of that, I mean, yeah, like with JD and Carson, it was like or Stephen or any of them. It's like, yeah, it's fine. See, it's easy to whatever, blab to them. But it's that since I haven't seen Carson since 1995 or whatever, and his oldest kid is 17, and he doesn't look that much different. Carson is maybe a slightly fatter, but he looks about the same. So him and his oldest kid look like kind of like they could be brothers. Like it's not that far off. And yeah, it's just weird. That was a weird feeling. It's just like that's because everybody else is just slightly slightly grayer version of themselves but the the evidence is right there of like that kid is 17 is basically a grown-up and i never met that kid <laughs> that's pretty weird oh yeah i didn't realize he was 17 because i think he would be i mean he's not even technically well he is through colleen right but of the batch like um like jen smart's kids are they i thought they were the first batch but maybe carson's kid is older than them um, i don't know Oh no no! Uh, uh, Jennifer's kids are um, the oldest of them's got to be like twenty four. Yeah, I thought so. So yeah, just people that weren't 25. there. Twenty five. He's twenty four. I would say anyway. And then the middle guy. Um, I don't know if he was there even. The middle guy is must be. He's out of high school. I'm going to say he's nineteen, twenty. Well, the other thing that's kind of funny is just to see things like relative for the relativity or whatever of it is uh so my cousin marty came with his girlfriend and he's like 35 so he's one year younger than me yeah and clearly to the girlfriend you know i mean he's this guy's got gray hair and he's got crow's feet around his eyes like he's a grown person so clearly to her you know he's a 35 year old man or whatever whereas to me i just all i can see is a 12 year old kid who in a 35-year-old man's body, <laughs> you know? I cannot see him as an adult in the slightest. It's just well, like... Well, I've, I've always believed there's a certain breed of men that never get past a certain age. Well, I think that's kind of funny, too, is, like, for all the time that's passed or whatever, like, just, like, but the last time I remember hanging out with him, he showed me, like, some joke book he was hiding from his mom because it's like, oh, look at this. It's, like, dirty jokes. Look at this. It's hilarious. So he took me in his, like, the barn and, like, let's read jokes and laugh. Oh, man. And yeah, at 35, it's exact same, same sense of humor, exact same type of thing. And it's like, yeah, and I'm sure I'm the same. And like, yeah, JD and Carson certainly don't seem any different. I used to say that about my, my brothers. It's, it's, I mean, as they grew older, they'd be like in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s. But it was like they kind of stopped mentally growing for a, for a few years. Maybe they were like 22. 
And they seem to be like 22 forever. They have that mentality. And, and they're not the only ones. I mean, over my lifespan, I've met all kinds of men who seem to get to a certain age level mentally. And then they stopped. I mean, they physically got older, but they were always the, yeah, the same. So, God, I guess even now I know them. They're in their 60s and they're still the same. Yeah, so I'd say that begs the question of like which side is legit, you know? Is it the people that... You know, those of us that are just like whatever, same as we were as teenagers and never grew up, quote unquote. Or is it that the people that did grow up are just a bunch of pretentious fakers, mm-hmm. a bunch of Thurston Howells or whatever that are, you know, just pretending knows? like, oh, I'm so grown up. And, uh, and, and women possibly fall into the same category, but usually I find women uh, do that maturing thing a little better than men because, I mean, they're the homemakers of the world, whether they like to admit it or not, and they're out there working and doing all that stuff. They still are the the homemakers types of the world. They're the ones that bear the children, and usually, not always, but they're the ones that still traditionally are raising the children. So they have they take on this extra responsibility earlier than men, than, than some men. I shouldn't say men, because there are some men who take on that role, and more so now than there ever was. But traditionally, in the world of uh, men versus women, women were the ones who had the children, raised the children, and the men went outside and, you know, worked and did their man thing and could still do their boy thing for a whole lot longer, because there was the woman at home who was kind of keeping everything under wraps. Yeah, sure. Like, but men just seem to have this, I can go out and every weekend party hardy and still get up and go to work on Monday morning. Whereas the woman is thinking, no, I got to get home to take care of the kids and I got the laundry to do and I got the, the she has all these multitasking things that she's got to do. And that's just how, how life is. But that's why I've always felt that women seem to have a much more of a maturity or they didn't get stuck in that, that here I'm 22 years old and I'm now 50 years old. Uh, but mentally, I feel like I'm 22 years old and can still do things like I'm 22 years old, which I find with a lot of men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I think a lot of, you know, just weird stuff people make up about society is just made up. I mean, if you just look at it from a purely biological, like if we were just gorillas, like, all right, well, what's, what's the, what are you here for? If you're the dude, like... Like, they're there just to procreate. Yeah, Don't that, go and get your rocks off. And like Mother Nature is, is already done with me. It's done with everybody who is in their 30s. It's like we've had plenty of time. We've had plenty of opportunity. If we happen to get someone pregnant by now, great. But if we didn't, like, whatever. Now it's just time for our hips to break down and, you know. And see, and women, have, they're really tied down to the biological thing. Um, if you're going to do your child rearing, you got to do it when you're in your 30s. You can still do it in your 40s, but you're really testing the waters at that point in time because physically you're just not able anymore and then there's all these things that can happen as a result of bearing children in your 40s you know mongolism and um all kinds of health issues because technically in the real world you're not supposed to have children in your 40s you're supposed to be a grandmother in your 40s in the in the whole scheme of civilization and when you hear about these women who are in their 50s and 60s taking uh uh, fertility and drugs enhancements yeah. and all this stuff so they can have children like oh god are you crazy <laughs> anyway whatever but technically women are supposed to start having children uh, in their teens and yet we are a culture now that is moving into um, 
you're in your 20s and even your late 20s and your early 30s before you have children. Well, that's a very unnatural state as far as the world is concerned. I do think it's funny. I mean, uh, on the surface, it's like, yeah, I mean, if, if you don't have kids, I think that's totally fine. Like as a mass organism, human beings are doing fine. Like even just seeing all the, you know, that all my cousins now are the age my uncles were before, but also there's all these mini cousins running around. Like it's very clear kind of whose kids belong to who and whatever. And they're all just whatever. It's like, so those of us who didn't have kids, like whatever, we're covered from a family perspective, like we're, we're covered. But, uh, what the hell was I just going to say? I just lost my train of thought. See, there's the dog in here that's not an asshole. It's distracting in a different way of just hanging out. You're going to give a growl to say hello, are you? Yes, okay. Well, you can get out of here now. Yeah, get it. Anyway, it's gone. I was going to say something, but I truly don't remember. It doesn't matter. But that may be part of why I feel that it seems to take men longer to grow up than women. Women take on that role of motherhood, and they know that they've got a time, a certain time frame that they've got to do it in. Whereas men, it's like, oh, yeah, whatever, we can do it as long as we are able to get it up. We can produce some sperm, eh? no big hurry here. One thing I think is kind of interesting is to really take it down. To, I mean, this is something I don't have any real proof for or anything. It's just something I've been curious about is just just what it's like to have testosterone in your system like it's like you just you can't know what it's like unless you got it like like i don't know that guys can quote unquote grow up like that's not what we're built to do we're built to be fucking whack jobs like uh, i thought this was so fascinating but i was watching a youtube vlog of a uh, like a female to male transgendered person that was like chronicling it it's like she was born a woman but was becoming a man and she started getting estrogen blockers and testosterone supplements or whatever you know treatments and and she was like all of a sudden like i see hot women in the street and i can't not look at them and i'm super distracted and i think about sex all the time and like i didn't know this is what it's like to be a dude despite the fact that there's strip clubs everywhere and porn mags in every magazine rack like it's very obvious that it's different to be a dude but until someone is there in the thick of it you're just like, oh, man, men are just the worst. Men are assholes. It's like, we're different, dudes. This is what we're mm-hmm. built like. This is how it is, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's what we're here for. We're, we are here to procreate. That's it. This whole thing about that we're here to change the world, make the world a better place and all that. No, we're not. Yeah, and I just always thought that was so... We're just here to have sex and procreate. And just, yeah, like there's so many just weird ideas or weird scientific studies that then get overturned that are common knowledge that are total bullshit. But that thing of just like, well, women think about sex just as much as men. It's like, nope, nope. Like how many strip clubs do there have to be in the world (laughs) for that to be clear that that's not how it is. But it's weird. It's like taken as though like this is just some choice we made. Like we just, we, we are going to be this way. We've decided. No one decided shit. Everyone is just acting as they're compelled to act and that's it we're just animals the man's thing is just to get his rocks off and he's not even really thinking about procreation either oh i want to have sex with you because i want to have a child or shit he wants to have sex because he wants to get his rocks off he's feeling very energized that evening and he just and women oh i don't want to do it tonight no because all you really are is the receptacle that's all and yeah there's no biological value to you know, yeah, once every nine months is plenty. That's all Mother Nature requires, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it was, uh, it was neat to see all the, all the folk, see all these 
ludicrous amount of uh, of relatives that I have. But yeah, it's kind of nice in a way, just that, I mean, maybe 20 years is pushing it. That's a little severe, but but yeah, everything seems about the same. I, I mean, I've seen some of these people, probably a good number of them, you know, more often than that. But, but specifically the Campobello crew I haven't seen since. Yeah, I don't know how many of them you would have seen. Because when two guys grew up, we didn't do a whole lot of traveling around. But yeah, even just like, I don't know, I went to one of those uh, Thanksgiving things in St. Andrews a few years ago. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. Right at Valerie's place. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, that's the weird thing, too, is like there is sort of nothing to say. I mean, not just with them, just with anybody, people in general. Like, like, like what have you been up to type of talk? Like, there's never an answer to that. No one's up to anything. <laughs> you know? So so sort of similar. Like it's weird to be like, all right, well I guess I'm caught up on the last twenty years of your life. Like, okay, so you had uh, four kids or something, and you're separated. Great, all caught up. <laughs> it's like uh, that saying we have when you meet somebody. How are you? Like, do we really care? Right. You know, and and you're almost. If they just say something like, they might say some minor little thing about some health issue, and that's fine. But my good God, if they ever really did start getting into how they really were, it's like, oh, please, shut up. <laughs> and it was neat to meet all the, the nieces and nephew type kids, I guess, you know, or whatever you call them, second cousins. What is that even if it's your cousin's kids? I don't know what cousins, you call it. Cousin's kids or second cousins. But yeah, just all these, the, the, the kids, they crack me up. They're pretty cool. Like the little tiny kid, Ruby, he's <laughs> like two years old or whatever. You know, just because two-year-olds are funny. And JD's kids are awesome. Like, they're just crazy stunt maniacs. Like, uh, they're doing all these crazy weird jumps and, like, I'll jump over your head and jump between you two people and all these things that are just set up for someone to get hurt, but nobody did. And and then JD was like, oh, yeah, like, that kid, like, she fell on some big rock and just cut her knee open real bad and was bleeding everywhere, but, but now she's fine. And then that leads to a story of, like, when JD was a kid and slipped on some rocks in the sea and just smashed his face like so hard they thought he was dead <laughs> like you know it's also nice i guess because you know like live in the toronto life and the way kids are raised oh. there where it's super oh. you know it's like hermetically sealed oh. you know it's like no kid is allowed oh. outside of the sight of a grown-up where away. east coast you know island living is more like oh the kids are over there somewhere whatever oh they're on that cliffside whatever it's fine <laughs> you know they'll be fine so that's kind of nice nice return to the past but yeah i don't know i'm sure next time i'm blabbing to you maybe we'll have more to say about it but that's all i got on my mind got any uh, sign off words so we can wrap this up or anything no, else on your mind? I, I'm glad you came home. I haven't seen you for a while. so And I knew I didn't expect you to stay very long because you usually get the wanderlust after you're here uh, yeah, for a few days. I feel like a week is a long time. Yeah, I'm I stayed surprised here that you've been here a whole week, I guess. Yeah, it's just because I was doing stuff with Chris. You know, had to had to work on stuff. Yeah, so um, that's all I've got to say. Glad to see you and always glad to see you. It is one of those things, too. Like, I guess every time I kind of feel this way, but... I extra felt at this time of like, uh, like, I don't know, I'm just glad that I left. Like, it's so easy to lose perspective when you live somewhere a long time. Even being in Toronto for five years is way too long of just, just, it's just the place where you are and whatever. And like seeing all my relatives that are just in New Brunswick, because that's where you grew up and just here we are. We're just, maybe we'll move around New Brunswick a little. And some people have left, not everyone has stayed. But, uh, but even just driving back, looking at that map, and 
the map of it's one thing the map of new brunswick it's all trees everywhere so it's just like these little veins of highway here and there but then when i'm looking at the map and i got back to fredericton and i'm looking through fredericton and i was like well this must be like condensed right but it's really not it's like all right here's the downtown and up to prospect street and then over on the side is like the forest hill thing and over here there's natural exis and devon and Barker's Point and St. Mary's, and I like looked through the map of all the streets, and like I know all these streets, I've been to all these streets, and then there's just these dead zones that are just trees, and that's it. That's the whole city. It's like this is insane. Like, how is this it? It's so small. And yeah, but if you had been in a car driving around, there's been a whole lot of development along the outside fringes. Yeah, I'm sure there has been, but yeah, and just I mean, I've been kind of annoying people with this ever since I got back, but, but just the fact that it's really not really cheaper appreciably, I don't think to live here or anything. And it's just like, I mean, it's fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Fredericton. Everything is relative. So if you might find that it was cheaper overall to live here, you know, perhaps accommodations are cheaper. Housing is cheaper, but, uh, there's not, not a very good job market here. And, and again, cheaper is like a sliver cheaper. Yeah. It's like $100 cheaper. It's not... It's yeah, not. I know. But when you think of downtown housing, like what I heard today, a million and a half to buy a house in downtown Vancouver. Holy... Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm not talking that at all. And some it, kind of a big mansion you could get here for a million and a half. Yeah, but I'm not talking about buying stuff. I'm just talking about renting yeah. and stuff. Because again, buying, that's anathema to my whole point. Then you're stuck there. Then you live there. Don't do that. But... But yeah, just like, and it's fine, hey, it's like Rumspriga, whatever they call it, you know, where the Amish people go off and fuck around for two years and then decide if they want to come back and be Amish or not. Like, yeah, just move somewhere else. Just see what it's like. Well, and it uh, depends, too, if you're willing to live frugally and on a shoestring, not have a whole lot of fancy amenities. Yeah, you can probably live anywhere yeah. f- um, for a decent price. I'm here to tell you that you can. But if you're one of those people that wants it, wants it all, then you'll pay, no matter where you live. I mean, here, housing, if you want a really, really nice apartment, you're talking probably $1,300, $1,400 a month. Not in what Bradley pays for his fancy place. A little less than that. Downtown Toronto. Yeah, like, it's not cheaper. Like, that's one of those things I would love, like a balloon I would love to pop for these Fredericktonites, these fucking... But I I know that that's what, uh, like, senior citizens that I know that are moving into the brand new apartment buildings that are being built up in Leon Street and in behind the old Brookside Mall. Um, Yeah, that's what they pay, $1,300, $1,400 a month. And they're nice places, no question. Two bedrooms balcony nice big open concept living room but and they all look alike because i've been to two or three of them at different locations and geez they all look alike um but yeah you can probably get a place for that kind of money you could probably be in downtown toronto and get quite a decent place for that kind of money yeah and then yeah and it doesn't have to be two bedrooms and have a great big jacuzzi tub that's as big as this three times the size of this table but who the hell uses those anyway you just want to get in the bathtub especially if you're like 60 70 80 you just want to get in the bathtub get yourself wet get the hell out you don't want to be in there with the jets floating around or a big bathtub so big that you could just drown in it that's one thing too that i don't know maybe it's just some i mean it doesn't seem it seems obvious to me but it seems like some kind of mental hurdle that doesn't seem like everybody jumps but like it seems like it's just boring to have stuff like I don't even see what the big appeal is or whatever like like the example I would always think of is like take somebody rich 
you know, take like Kanye West, who maybe he could fly a helicopter from a rooftop and then go jet skiing or whatever. Like, like whatever the best day of his life was, I've done that. You know, we've all done the fancy thing once in a while. It's not like I never have known what it's like, but you don't need to do it every day. You know, you don't need to go skiing in your private chalet every day. And like, I, I know what it's like. I think this is why musicians in particular are such drug addicts and drinkers because they're trying to pretend that it's somehow such a special experience and it's not. It's just boring like everyone else is like. Sometimes the joy of not having stuff and going and enjoying somebody else's stuff is that it's only an occasional thing. Examples down there, Denise's place. I mean, she's got this lovely, lovely place on the river. She paid a lot of money for it because it's a townhouse on the river. And when I used to go in there and i show it off to people, I mean, I would say, oh, you should see this. It's really nice. It's really nice. And she always says, well, Barb, if you feel that way about it, why don't you buy one of these? Well, I don't want one of those. I said, uh, why would I want to have one? It's so much more pleasant for me to come down here and enjoy yours for a couple of hours, and then I go home. And then the next time I come back, it's like, oh, I enjoy it all over again. But if I had it all the time... Yeah, it's just commonplace. And, I mean. and let's not oversell it. It's behind the fucking Dairy Queen. Yeah, it's not it's, that special. <laughs> no, but it, uh, it, the, the scene from the river, the riverside, is really, really nice. Yeah, see, I, I, okay, sure, maybe. But that's where also I think the value of public spaces is. Like my place in Vancouver is the actual place, a little bit crappy, It's but it's relatively well located and whatever. And I really just go there to you know, to sleep and I hang out there a little bit, but not much. So I can get out of my place. I can go to, there's a park near my house that has like all these chin up bars and stuff. So I don't even have like a gym membership. I like go to the park and that's where I like to do my pushups and my pull-ups and everything. And then, then like go downtown to the waterfront and that view destroys any view in this whole province and it's just there it's just you just go down to the waterfront and hang out like it doesn't need to be outside your window no it doesn't that's what i'm that's where i'm coming from you don't have to have it like okay we've got that wonderful park and the river just across the street i hardly ever go over there now when i had dogs that i walked every day we used over there a lot i don't go over there much anymore but all i've got to do there it is i just got to step outside 60 feet across the road Park, river, benches. I very rarely go over there. But if I lived somewhere else and I only had occasional access to that, I would probably really appreciate it. But because it's here all the time, you don't appreciate it. Right. And I mean, also, I mean, I I feel the exact same way about people from Vancouver that never left there. I mean, I really do think Vancouver is the best, but but I left. I can say that. Like, it's weird that I left Vancouver for seven years and then the friends I still have there, it's the same story. It's like, it's like a family reunion thing. It's like, so what you been up to for seven years? Nothing. Okay. And you never left. All right. (laughs) Like, it's just not okay. What the fuck, man? Like these people are not old. They're my age. You know, they had time to, they still have time. And how come they don't? How come no one leaves where they're from? It's just bizarre to me. I don't understand it. It must just be something wired into how people are. Like Anyway, we'll sign off because you need to get your pants dry. And I heard the washing machine say it was finished. All right. So. But whoever this is listening, wherever you're from, whatever bullshit reasons you have, like, oh, no, my hometown is just the best place for me. Fuck you. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Jimmy, say goodnight. Go move somewhere. <laughs> yeah, sign off, Jimmy. Yeah. There. Dog pant is pretty good. Dog pant.
All right. Thanks for uh, being on my podcast again. There in the 11th century, Napoleon had one to prevent misery. Terriers are good with the aged. Studies show that they prolong old people's lives. No one wants to die like this guy died. Die, 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 die. Worms eating your eyes. Bass solo. Excuse me, ladies. You're scantily clad and have nothing to do with the narrative. Therefore, it's sexist. Sorry. Wow, that hurt. You know those mornings that you just can't get out of bed? And you'd call in sick if you had a job. You know those mornings where you just want to watch TV, eat corn chips, and masturbate? Sure you do. But when those days happen, what you should do is start thinking about my friends, my little furry waterproof pals. You know I'm talking about. The Give terriers a chance. Yeah! Do the terrier dance. No, that's not. But if you want your love to show, if you want your love to grow, then go Terry, go Terry, go Terry. See, your dog just isn't good enough. I guess you're right. Go on, Smaxie, to a brand new life. <laughs>